Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.wordpress.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Luke's English Podcast. In this episode, we're talking all about movies, films, uh, moving pictures, the cinema, that kind of thing. Uh, I've uh, received a number of questions on Facebook from listeners to the podcast. We'll be responding to those questions in a moment. Um, in this episode, I'm joined by a friend of mine called Henry Dean. Hello, Henry. Hello, Luke. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. It's very nice to have you here. Thank you. Um, now, Henry and I will be talking about uh, films uh, in this episode. Um, so, basically, the structure of the episode is going to go a little bit like this. First, we're going to get to know Henry a little bit. Um, we're going to find out uh, who, he, who he is, the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> um, we're also going to look at uh, some useful language that uh, you can use to talk about films and movies. These are all the natural little phrases and words that we use when we're discussing films with our friends. Um, and then we're going to just talk about films and talk about movies in general. Uh, we're going to respond to some of the questions which have been uh, sent in by you, um, the listeners, on Facebook. And in fact, the messages are still coming in. Um, I put a Facebook update um, one hour ago which said, uh, please send me your questions about movies. I will be recording a podcast about this later this afternoon with Henry Dean, so please add your questions as comments below. And the comments are rolling in as we speak. So we'll come on to uh, respond to those um, in due course. First of all, Henry, hello again. Hi, Luke. Uh, you comfortable? I'm very comfortable. Good. I'm extremely comfortable. Too comfortable? Oh, you can never be too comfortable. That's <laughs> true. Um, again, listeners, you might hear rain on the roof. Um, uh, I did that intentionally uh, in order to create the right atmosphere. Yeah. I, I ordered some rain online. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're English, so we... It's weird for us if there's no rain. Exactly. And we don't know what to do. We are, we're able to summon up bad weather yeah. whenever we like, because that's the power of being English. <laughs> um, so, let's see. Henry. Um, Henry Dean. Henry Dean. Um, where are you from, Henry? I'm from, I'm from the UK. I was born in Derby, which is in the middle of the country yeah. somewhere. Um, but ever since I was... I moved, I moved around a little bit when I was younger um, from my dad's work, but ever since I was sort of old enough to remember, I've been in and around London. Yeah. And now I'm living here in Paris. Okay. Uh, Derby, that's sort of in the Midlands. Yes. Yeah, I'm kind of partly from, from the Midlands as oh, well. I lived in um, Solihull for, oh, okay. for nine years. No, more than nine years. About 20 years of my life in uh, <laughs> Solihull. You know, Bit of a difference. Yes, exactly. No, I moved there when I was nine and then lived, oh, there, okay. lived there for 20 years. So Dar Derby, right. Derby. Yeah. I mean, I've, I lived there until I was like 
eight, eight or nine months old, so oh, okay. can't say I remember it too much. But I've been back, and it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's all right. It's and, nice. uh, and then uh, London, sort of, for the most then, of your life? Yeah, so we moved to Leeds after that. Um, then... Uh, I think then, yes, then right in central London, then sort of around the edge of London mm-hmm. uh, since then. Okay, all right, so um, what kind of accent do you have, Henry? I don't know. I, I mean, everyone gets a bit confused when they, they meet me. A lot of foreign people, well, a lot of non-English uh, people think mm. I'm Australian, which I get, which... Uh, it's interesting. I don't, yeah, I don't have an Australian accent, but I don't know, I think I have... What would be, uh, I don't know, just a sort of a standard uh, e- English accent, but I get, I get, I think I might have a bit of a London twang yeah. from time to time, depending on what I'm talking about. I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I would say that you have a standard uh, res- British uh, <laughs> received pronunciation <laughs> with a London hint to it. Yeah. Um, interesting that, that people mistake you for Australian. Maybe that's yes. just because you're laid back. I think so. I think it's my cool surfer attitude yeah. towards life. Because they, if you know, they probably have preconceptions about what an English person is. Exactly. I think a lot of a lot of people expect an English person to have a very BBC accent, um, mm. and when they don't, they're a bit put off by it. Yeah. They're like, we know that you're a native speaker of English, and yet uh, <laughs> you're not quite sort of stiff up a lip enough yes. to be English. Therefore, you're Australian. We know that you're not Australian. We know you're not American. We know that you're speaking kind of hybrid British English, and you're quite relaxed, and you're wearing um, a t-shirt. Therefore, you're you're Australian. Down under. Yeah. (laughs) Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's not as simple as that, is it? No. Um, Right. So you're you're now a student here in Paris. I Uh, am. Where are you studying? I study. I study at the American University of Paris, which is um, fairly small, but it's. It's a liberal arts school, they call it. So it's basically teaches everything except for, like, science and uh, things like that. Although they do have some science courses. But mm. I'm part of the film department there. Okay. Which is uh, very good. Very good professors. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I enjoy it. It's very interesting. What's, um, what kind of made you come to Paris to study film studies? That's a good question as well. Well, when I originally came I wasn't completely set on doing a film I knew I was going to be studying something to do with sort of media and entertainment um, but I'm not very interested in the business aspect of it no. so uh, I originally came to study communications um, mm. with a sort of with an idea to focus on film video stuff like that mm. uh, but then when I came and I found out about the film program, at AUP, which is what they call the American University, mm-hmm. um, I just sort of fell in love with it and uh, decided to do it. But mostly it's just from a, a love of film and a love of looking into things deeper than yeah. than some people may do on first look. Yes, absolutely. Um, I imagine film studies is a combination of sort of, well, sort of um, looking at films as texts and, underst- and sort of understanding the way that they're constructed and the way that they mean things, but also how to make films as well. That's true, yeah. yes. There's, um, in some respects, it's kind of like if you would study literature, um, and it is studying literature, because you also study things people have written about film. Um, 
and but yeah and there is a sort of production aspect to mm. it as well mm. that varies from each university because some are obviously more strongly focused on production and some are more focused on analysing the film and critiquing films mine is probably about a 60-40 split sort of 60% analysing and writing about films and then 40% uh, production writing things like that what what year are you in now? that's also a very confusing question because because I've gone from the English school system into the American university system I've come with uh, some credits university credits pre pre-installed <laughs> on my uh, portfolio okay. so I am I think right now I'm technically in my b- between my second and third year although I've only actually been at AUP for a year Okay. Um, but I'll be graduating hopefully after next year so Christmas 2014 mm-hmm. I'll be done so that kind of puts it into a perspective. It's meant to be a four-year course. Can I ask how, how old you are, Henry? I'm 19 years old. Really? Yeah. You're only 19. I'm only 19. That's yeah. a fantastic beard you've I got. Know. <laughs> I mean, I'm, it's a shame they can't see it, but You yes. can rub it against the microphone. Go on. I, Go shall on, I? Yeah, rub it against the microphone a little bit. There we go. Right, I'm sure that Go the that, listeners... That, I'm sure that's set... Well, I'm, it's going to have thousands of downloads. Yeah. Just for that. This is the, 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 the first time, ladies and gentlemen, that's, <laughs> that that's ever happened, I'm sure, in, in either a podcast or any other media. Probably in the history of the world. That was the sound of, of not only a beard, but uh, the, the Henry a t- Beard. A teenage beard. Henry Dean's beard. <laughs> a 19 year old beard, that was. I'm, al- I'm almost 20 years old. Almost. So but it still counts, teenage, I guess. Okay. I don't really think of myself as a teenager much. No, but no, you are. I, am. I know. I'm. I think I'm very. I'm wise beyond my years. You are. Yes. I think this is you're, Henry. You're the first teenager that I've ever had on the podcast. I'd just like to say. I feel honoured. Yeah, congratulations. I feel honoured. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a milestone. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you're 19 and you're yes. technically sort of between year two and year three of university, yes. you're a bit ahead of your I time. Am. I'm ahead of the game. You must be intelligent. Did you get ish? Did you I, get I didn't. That's the thing. I didn't get pushed forward. I just did a. I did a lot of hard work in school. I did very well on my exams. Yeah. And that just helped me uh, get ahead of the game now, I yes. guess. And uh, I'm, taking, I'm taking classes over summers, too, so yeah. I'll be graduating a semester before okay. when I normally would have done. I would say, Henry, that you're very hardworking and very diligent and productive as yes. well, I, I think. Because not only are you a student um, analysing film and making your own films, but I believe you've recently published an e-book... I have, yes. It's a, it's an electronic book. It doesn't exist in the real world. It exists online. Yes. Um, and aside, it, it comes. It combines my sort of love of writing because I used to study a lot of literature and things back at school, mm-hmm. and now I, I enjoy writing films. It combines that with a uh, comedy. I also do stand-up comedy, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's basically a collection of five stories, sh- relatively short stories. The whole thing is, I think, about 20 pages overall, based on the city of Paris that I wrote in a five-week span um, about t- t- three months ago. Yeah. 
Uh, it's called Stories from Paris, and you can download it on Amazon. Uh, all of the international Amazon sites yeah. carry it, so you can download it and read it on your uh, Kindle or your iPad or iPhone. Yeah. Anywhere you can get a Kindle app. I'm going to have to ask you about this, Henry, because uh, yeah. I think it's uh, it's brilliant. I, I saw a tweet, because Henry is a, a twi- an avid, an avid yeah. uh, tweeter. He's very much on Twitter. Yes. And uh, I saw one of his tweets advertising his... He cleverly um, uh, used the English podcaster at... What's the at? At, at, at English podcast. At, yeah. he, he used at English podcast, which is fine. Uh, <laughs> as a way of marketing his ebook, uh, you might have noticed that if you're well, following I, me on Twitter. Yes, I know it might have been interesting <laughs> to uh, some people wanting to pick up their maybe more humorous vocabulary because some of the stories in there are very strange. Um, I, th- I think they're. Um, I actually downloaded it myself. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Thank um, you. Um, I highly recommend it um, if you want to read some creative writing from uh, Henry himself. Then you can check out uh, stories from Paris, and I'll put a link to it on the webpage so you can you can have a look. Uh, and it costs only about it's only about one pound fifty. It was the cheapest I could make it. Yeah. So it varies from uh, country to country, but. In the UK, it's I think it's one pound fifty-three yeah, or something like that. Very good value, I so, would say. Yeah, um, nothing. If you want to read some some creative writing in in English, uh, if you're thinking of you know things to read, I think it's probably a very good thing to choose. Short uh, stories. Uh, you don't have to commit yourself to a huge novel. You can read it on the go. You can read it on your your phone or your iPad or your tablet or whatever you want and it's full of very descriptive language so uh, I recommend that you check it out ladies and gentlemen uh, and as I said I'm, I must talk to you about this whole ebook publishing thing yes I'd like to get involved in that <laughs> I can teach you about it yeah maybe one day uh, we'll be, you know uh, everyone will be able to read Luke's English book I think it, they could and it's actually very straight well if, if you know what you're doing it's very straightforward yes, to do uh, I'd like to have a look at that. Okay, so um, I think, Henry, based on all these things, you're probably the ideal person to come on to Luke's English Podcast to talk about films. Um, okay. That's, that's the, uh, the idea. Now, um, right, let's look at some useful language. Now, I just sort of brainstormed some phrases that uh, people might use to, to talk about movies. Actually, first of all, um, we talk about movies and films... Now, what's the difference yes. between a film and a movie? What about these two words? Well, it's it, in reality, there's no difference at all. It's the same thing. Um, I believe that uh, movie just originated in America, in Hollywood, yeah. and it's more of an Americanism, an, a, an American English word. Yeah. Um, and film came from France, Germany, and the UK, yeah. uh, sort of when cinema became a thing uh, in the early 1900s but um, I I assume that movie came from the distinction between a photograph and a a moving image a film because that's how films started from photography I think movie is probably an abbreviation of moving picture isn't it exactly Um, so it's just really a difference between American English and let's say British English in American English they call them moving pictures in British English, we call them films, um, and the short version of moving picture is movie. But nowadays, in Britain, we all talk about movies mm, as well. It's very interchangeable. You yeah. can use either of them. Basically, it's the same thing. Just two words to describe the same thing. Some people say that movie 
is a more informal word and therefore it describes your more informal movie, the sort of Hollywood yeah. popcorn film, whereas film is used to describe more serious work. Um, so, you know, like a your average kind of blockbuster is a, is a would definitely be a movie, whereas a more art house, serious uh, piece of work would probably be described as a film. But basically, we often use movie or film to talk about the same thing. Um, so, okay, if you're describing films, um, you would use certain phrases, things like, um, uh, let's say if you're describing the story, you might say it's about, for example, let's see, let's pick a movie, um, Star Wars. How would you... Star Wars? It's about... It's about a group of people... Uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, going yeah. through uh, a uh, almost a political uh, uprising. Yeah, it's about it's about a, a sort of intergalactic revolution, isn't it? Yes, and it involves um, all sorts of uh, quasi-religious. Yes, elements. exactly. All sorts of fighting and uh, aliens and it's brilliant. Everything. Yeah, it's, it's one of the best films ever made. As well, Star Wars is one of my favourite films not just because I like it objectively as a movie but very subjectively mm -hmm. I was just brought up on it yeah um, and uh, I've watched it hundreds and hundreds of times pro probably far too much to the point where I'm, I'm obsessed with it in an unhealthy <laughs> way um, do you like Star Wars? I, I do like Star Wars I can remember uh, one of my earliest uh, experiences of being really sort of into watching a film is when the new Star Wars oh, yeah. films first came out with episode one and I, I think 1999 yes, maybe right. 98 99 99, 99. 99. 99. Um, and that was the first time I sort of can remember watching a film and really thinking oh you know what was it about? Oh, it really excited me. I'm really yeah. feeling like I interacted with it. Really? Yes, because I'd watched the, I'd watched the. Uh, we had the original trilogy on uh, video. Yeah. And uh, I can remember sitting down and watching those and just loving it. And then when this came out, it was just another instalment of the story. Yeah. I didn't really have any uh, consciousness of the whole shall we bring it back, is it a good or a bad thing uh, mm. debate at the time, because I was only eight, seven or eight, oh or something gosh. like that. You were yeah. born in the 90s, I was. I was oh born my in the 90s. god, that's almost disgusting, you're disgustingly uh, young. No, I'm just kidding. But, but no, I love Star Wars. I can remember when I was, uh, I think, ten, nine or ten years old, I had a Star Wars birthday party, oh, yeah. where everyone dressed up as their favourite character. Okay. Who so, did you dress up as? I can't, I think I was Darth Maul. I can remember I had a Darth Maul. It was just after that film, the new episode one came yeah. out, and I think I was Darth Maul, but I can't remember exactly. My my mum would probably be the person to ask about that. And I'll I'll, I'll interview your mum next yeah. time. <laughs> um, um, Darth Maul, yes, he's an awesome character. It's he a, is. It's a pity he didn't appear more in no, the films. No, he's one of my favourite Star Wars characters yeah, actually. Yeah. Okay, now we can't just talk about Star no. Wars. I would love to, and one day I will do Star a Star Wars episode. I would love to be a guest on that. I, I, I could I could do endless episodes about Star Wars, <laughs> and I plan to do some in the future, ladies and gentlemen. Whether you like it or not, it's going to You happen. will listen to it. Yes. I'll use the Jedi mind trick on all of you and then convince you that it's a really good thing to listen to. Which, it, of course, it will be. Because, you know, it's Luke's English podcast, isn't it? The best English podcast. Exactly. In the, in the galaxy. In the galaxy. Um, 
Right. Um, it's about, so, um, for example, Star Wars is about, um, you know, a guy who um, has got severe, severe problems with his father. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, let's see, um, it's set in. Set in it can be used to explain where the film takes place or when the film takes place. For example, um, let's see. Well, if we use Star Wars as an example, it's set in space in a galaxy far, far, far away. away. Um, uh, it's set in. Let's say we, if we use uh, the Indiana Jones movies as an example, they are set in probably the 1940s. Aren't well, they? Yeah, it's when sort of new world exploration was had been around for a while, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I think. 40s the Nazis around that yeah exactly 30s or 40s yeah that's right Um, so the Indiana Jones films are set in the 1930s or 1940s the original ones yeah Um, if you're talking about the people involved um, you can say it stars for example Harrison um, Indiana Jones stars Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, so it stars someone. In that case, Star is a verb. Oh, Star Wars stars Harrison Ford. This is a bit complicated. <laughs> Star Wars stars Harrison Ford as the main star of the film. Yeah, so star can be a verb, but it also can be a noun to describe the the main uh, actor or Hollywood sort of star in the yeah. film. Um, um, we also just use the expression to be in. So Harrison Ford is in it. Like, have you seen? Um, let's see. Um, um, have you seen the new Quentin Tarantino film? Yes, I Good. have. Django Unchained. Yeah. Uh, who's in it? Uh, Jamie Foxx is in it. Uh, and Leonardo DiCaprio is in it. Yeah, okay. Exactly. So there you go. Is in. There you go. Leonardo DiCaprio is in, is in the latest uh, Tarantino film. What did you think of Django Unchained? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Amazing. I'm a, I'm a huge Tarantino fan. I know. I think people are either very for or against Tarantino. Yeah. And, uh, I'm very for. Yeah, you really like uh, Tarantino. Yeah, love him. It's he's very. Uh, he has a very sort of aggressive um, style, mm-hmm. and if you watch any of his films, you'll know that. And you should be prepared for maybe something quite shocking if you haven't really been exposed to. Um, it's not really gruesome, but just uh, very explicit films. Yeah, lots of uh, it's almost like comic book violence. Isn't exactly. It? Yeah. That's a very good way of putting that, actually. Um, Just going through some more of the people that you find in films, obviously you have the actors, the star of the film, the director, the producer. Uh, What's the difference between the actor... uh, Sorry, what's the difference between the director and the producer? Well, the producer is the person who originally wants to make the film. It's a... They will they will discover a a story or a book sometimes or maybe not them but someone that works for them Mm -hmm. will discover a story or a book or find a script that they think oh this will make a good film if it's already a script then they go ahead with it if it's a book they hire a screenwriter to write the script for them um and then it's up to the producer to then hire a director and the actors and everyone else involved with the film. The director, on the other hand, is the person who is in charge on the set. The director is the person who drives every creative decision to do with the film, whereas a producer may be more involved with the business end of it. Um, Ultimately, however, the the producer is the person in charge of the film. They have a final, what they call a final cut on the film to decide 
what footage goes in the film and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, do they ever kind of um, step on each other's toes? Um, I mean, is there ever any times. conflict between the director and the producer in the film? Yes, there there is a lot of conflict. It depends on uh, who the people are. Um, more more renowned, more famous directors often uh, can do what they want a bit more than directors that are just starting out. But mm-hmm. uh, the the producers often uh, directors often complain that producers get in the way of their uh, creative vision for the mm-hmm. film, and uh, that's why you'll often see uh, on DVDs directors' cuts. So this is uh, something that the producer hasn't touched and it's the director's decision of what stays in the film and what doesn't. Okay. Um, Let's see, also, you mentioned the screenwriter. This is the person who writes the screenplay uh, or the script for the movie. Um, You also have other people like the editor or editors. These are the ones who actually cut the film or do the physical cutting yeah. these days it's not these real. days it's not sometimes it is but even then they digitise it and do it but they they kind of they cut it at the end they, they originally they would cut the actual film but these days they do it digitally using software um, <clears throat> that's editing um, Stuntman is oh, another word that's that a nice I, one yeah Stuntman obviously is the one who does all the jumping around and the dangerous things yes it's quite funny because um so they have to choose stuntmen who look like the stars yeah. that they're re- representing. In some fairly cheap action films, you can sometimes identify when it's the stuntman and when exactly. it's not. There's, um, if you watch, talking about Tarantino, Yeah. Uh, if you watch Kill Bill, I can't remember if it's the first, because there's Kill Bill 1 and 2, I can't remember if it's the first or second, I think it's the first one. Uh, there's this, it's, it stars... Uh, Uma Thurman? Uma Thurman, yes. It stars Uma Thurman, and uh, she's this sort of sword-fighting woman, and in one of the sword fights, there is one point where you can clearly see it's a man, (laughs) and not her uh, fighting, yeah, because it goes from her petite body, or a woman's petite body, doing cartwheels, to this sort of very muscular, broad-shouldered man (laughs) cutting someone. That's intentional, though, isn't it? I don't know. uh, The way it might be... uh, Quentin Tarantino is a very, uh, very strange man, and he keeps uh, he keeps a lot of the secrets to his film as secrets. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't tell tell his secrets too often. So it may be intentional, but I think in this instance it's not. It's just because uh, it's just one shot and it's yeah. very quick. If it was intentional, it might be more obvious, but um, exactly. not in this case. I saw some really awful horror film on TV years and years ago, but there's one scene that stuck in my mind. I think it was like Friday the 13th Part 4 or yes. something like that. And I, to be honest, I love these sorts of trashy films, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and there was just one funny moment where uh, one of the characters... I mean, it's it's a very violent film, of course. It's a horror film. There's one scene where someone gets... I think someone goes through a window... Mm-hmm. They go through a window on the third floor of a building, and it's a girl, unfortunately, who goes through the window. But clearly, when they did it in the movie, it was filmed using a stunt man. Yeah, and it was clearly a man, like really <laughs> obviously a man going through the yeah. window. Because you see, like you know, from inside the room, you see the girl running towards the window, and then from outside the building, <laughs> the shot is of like someone crashing Just... through the window, and it's basically a big stunt man, a big sort of macho stunt man in this girl's <laughs> dress, and you can almost see like these big forearms, yeah. big hairy forearms, and the veins popping out. Exactly. Is, like, is there a tattoo on his arm? <laughs> I don't know, but you can see this guy flying through the window 
Sir, in a dress with a, wi- a girl's wig on. That's it's like, amazing. That's ridiculous. It doesn't look anything like a girl. That's amazing. I'll have to watch that. <laughs> Friday, the, Friday the 13th. I think it's at least Friday the 13th. One of them. I think four. they have about five of them now yeah. in that uh, series. So I'm sure it's, yeah, one of them. I'm sure you can find something like that in all of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, So the stuntman, the extras as well. These are the people who are sort of standing around in the background. Mm -hmm. The extras. Anyone can be an extra. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You just sign up to an agency, give them your photo, and uh, they send every time a movie hires this agency to cast the cast. Yeah. Yeah. the yeah. cast, that's the, all the people in the movie. Yes, all yeah. the people that appear in the film. Not the people working on it, but all the actors and actresses. Yeah. Um, but every time a, a company gets hired to put people in a film, they'll send all their photos that match the descriptions of the people they want. Yeah. And the people, uh, the casting director, that's the person that chooses who's in the film, will look through all these photos, find the people they like, and they get paid pretty well. Not like, They get paid about... Between 150 to 200 pounds a day. It's pretty good to just stand around and eat, eat food and drink coffee most maybe, of the time. Maybe I should become an extra, Henry. Maybe you should. <laughs> I think it sounds like quite yeah. a profitable business. Is it? Would it be possible to record podcasts while I was just standing around in the background of a movie? Probably. I don't know that you might have to sign some kind of a release form because you might pick up some some uh, conversations or sound from the film but you never know it could be done there's a man uh, who keeps a blog I've completely forgotten the name of him and Mm. the blog Mm. Uh, but there is a man who has made you can't make a living off being an extra but you can have that and have a part time job as well Yes. and there's a man who has documented uh, his time as an extra uh, in Los Angeles and uh, it's very interesting actually Mm. very interesting there's also the TV show Starring yes. Ricky Gervais, which is called Extras, and it's a sort of a comedy um, show uh, about two people who work as extras in, in movies. It's a very funny program. Very funny. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I think it's great. Uh, right now, there there, are, there, are, there is lots more vocabulary relating to movies. Um, I'm just going to talk about a few more things before we go on to deal with questions from Facebook. Um, so, uh, let's see, types of film, well obviously we have genres like comedy, rom-com, that's romantic comedy, horror, westerns, not so common anymore, westerns. Well, well, well say the next word and I'll... That okay. Next, next, next uh, genre is sci-fi or science fiction. So, basically, westerns have been replaced by science fiction. Science fiction, uh, a lot of people say, is the modern Western, because a Western is about cowboys and Indians, usually, in the wild west of America. Good versus bad. Good versus bad, exactly. The uh, the sort of... The American frontier. Yes, exactly. And the, the sort of lone hero, as well. Mm. That's now been replaced by space, because uh, that's the new thing people are discovering, and you still have good versus bad. You have... The, the final frontier, the new frontier, which is space, and you often have a, a sort of a loner hero who works alone, mm. Uh, mm. like Han Solo in, uh, in Star Wars, which is an example of a sci-fi movie. Exactly. Um, Han Solo always struck me as being a bit like a cowboy in, mm-hmm. the, in the Star Wars movies, but it's interesting what you say, that the Western... Um, like you know, cowboy movies were often about sort of yeah, like the lone hero who goes out into the wilderness where no man has been before. Exactly. To not only sort of um, 
uh, discover new things about the world, but also to discover new things about himself. Exactly. And, and he comes face to face with sort of uh, um, the borders of civilization. Um, and in the same way, now in sci-fi, you get stories of people going into space, and it's like uh, a new discovery and um, a, a new, literally new environments to discover, but also new internal environments to sort of inner space, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Um, like uh, there's films recently, the latest Tom Cruise film, Oblivion. Yes, Oblivion. I haven't seen that, but I've seen the trailer, and it looks there's some very contemplative shots. Yeah. It's like Tom Cruise is a man in space. <laughs> in a world. <laughs> one man. One world. One time Tom Cruise. Oblivion. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Cruise is very small. He is. He's five foot five three foot. or five. two, maybe, I think. He's I've heard. Short. Yeah, he's very short. Now, is that why he's such a big star? It's because it's just cheaper to make films with Tom Cruise in it because it takes less. Maybe. Although I have, uh, he does, uh, I know for a fact, when they're shooting him next to normal size or even tall actors, he does stand on, uh, like, milk crates. Really? And things like that. He has in to stand order on, to get on them a box. High. Yeah, he stands on a box. Goodness me. Well, um, Tom, if you're listening, hello. Oh, can I just take this as an opportunity to say hello to Jason Isaacs as well? Um, Henry, do you want to say hello to anyone? Uh, I'd just like to say hello to my close friend Macaulay Culkin. Really? Well. Yeah. Macaulay Culkin from the film Home Alone, which is about a little boy who gets stuck in his own house. Yeah, it's actually quite a dark... Um, it is, A dark it? film. It's about a, a boy whose parents leave him at home and then uh, some robbers come and try to murder him. And yeah. he's like a sort of a six, seven-year-old boy. So, so yeah, you, you, listeners, you must know the movie Home Alone. It's probably got a different title where, where you live. But, um, yeah, it's about Macaulay Culkin, who was a big child star. I think the movie was made when he was about six years old. Yeah. He was a very sweet, sort of um, blonde-haired little boy. And, as Henry says, the story's about uh, how he gets sort of abandoned by mistake by his parents who go on holiday for Christmas, leaving him home alone uh, in the house on his own. And uh, two opportunistic uh, bad guy criminals um, come to the house because they want to steal all of the possessions from the house. But uh, they get uh, sort of thwarted by uh, Macaulay Culkin. And it's, it's like a children's film, but it's very violent. Because it's very violent. He does things like he, he breaks some glass bottles on the floor and they like stand on the bottles and cut their feet. Yeah. Or he like hits one of them in the face with, a, with an iron, you know, <laughs> which would probably kill a person. Um, and we just overlook that in, uh, in these films. Yeah. But you want to say hello to Macaulay Culkin. Yes. Why is that, Henry? Because I've, I hear that he's uh, here in Paris right now, and uh, if yeah. he's listening, he should uh, get in touch with Luke, because I think he'd be an excellent guest on the English podcast. I, I would love to have Macaulay Culkin on the show. Uh, we're big fans of Macaulay, so Macaulay, give us a... Give know, us a Macaulay. Give us a Macaulay on the, uh, on the telephone. You see what Henry did there? He's a comedian. A little bit of wordplay for you there. Um, so, um, yes, he, apparently Macaulay Culkin came to one of the comedy shows that we do in town. I didn't see him, but uh, apparently he came. So he's around, he's on the scene. So Macaulay, give me a Macaulay and I'll uh, feature you on the show. And I'll be nice to you, I'll be very nice to you. 
Okay. I know that some people aren't. Some people aren't. But uh, we will be very nice to you, Paul, because we like you. Um, let's see. Right now, there what are other genres. There, there are other genres is. that you know. There's these are very commonly known words like drama, um, stuff like that, uh, psychological thriller. There are these days more specific genre types. Yes. For example, you've got like the bromance. The bromance. That's a very good one. A bromance is basically a sort of like a buddy movie. There you go, there's another term. Buddy movie, that's a, that's a film about two guys who share a friendship. So typically in the film, at the beginning, they don't get on with each other, they don't like each other, um, they're from different worlds, but they're forced to spend time together. For example, they're forced to like travel across the country. Exactly. Um, and uh, during the movie, they, they learn to, to love each other. So it's films like, uh, um, uh, what's that De Niro film? Um, there's one called Midnight Run. Midnight Run. They're, a lot of them are comedies. Yeah. Uh, if you think Step Brothers with Will Ferrell and John C. Riley is a very good bromance film. Uh, Dumb and Dumber with uh, Jim Carrey. Yeah. Uh, which is a bit older, but yeah. very funny. Yeah. And they, they often involve a physical journey, as Luke said. It's a road uh, they're often, they're, Yeah, road movies and buddy movies are often smushed together to form what you could call the bromance yeah bromance yes uh, buddy movie as I said road movie um, gross out comedy is a term that's sort of arrived in the last 10 to 15 yes. years this is the sort of American type of uh, comedy movie which involves lots of disgusting sort of stuff like it makes you think of things like American Pie I think yeah. were some of the original gross out comedies some of them they're often uh, branded as teen teen movies teen comedies as well it's like you know um, Dude Where's My Car yeah that's, uh, that's another one uh, I watched uh, not long ago Bridesmaids yes which I enjoyed a lot my, I love it my girlfriend thought it was terrible well, they, they, this is, it's actually one of my favourite genres uh, because Judd Apatow who is uh, probably the biggest name that you might not have heard of but he is uh, the, probably the biggest name in comedy right now uh, kind of took this genre and made it into something a bit more plausible a bit more upmarket mm-hmm. um, and actually had the chance of meeting him did you? yes in January would you like to, would you like to say hello to Judd Apatow? I would Judd if you're listening thank you very much for signing your book for me which I have you're a very nice man. He's uh, rather small as well. Is he really? Yeah. He's... Is that the key to being? I think it must be. If you want to be successful, chop your legs off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's one for Twitter, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be tweeting that as a as a like a, a quote later yes. on. But it doesn't apply to Henry because what about Clint Eastwood? Yes, that's true. He was, he was He's a rather big man. Very tall gentleman. And don't forget David Hasselhoff. Although he was never really big in movies, he wasn't was really in Germany. He was. He's been yeah. in tons of German TV movies. Yeah, I'm kind of joking about the Hoff because I can't believe I'm talking but, about the Hoff. Yeah, Hoff's let's let's just stupid. move move yeah. past him. Right. Um, all right. So um, there 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 is a lot more vocabulary related to movies, but we're not going to go into it all now. Um, I'm sure some of it will come up. I am sure some of it will come up. Exactly. Let's move towards Facebook. And as we've been talking, more messages have come in. So I think it's time to start dealing with these things, Henry. Um, this subject is is huge, and um, everyone is interested in films. Everyone loves movies. Um, so. Um, I'm sure that this will not be the, the only um, episode that I'll do about films. There'll be more. Um, wow, but that's, that's oh a my, lot of comments. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
Okay, all right. Let's start Let's from the start, through. shall we? Um, it, yeah. Would you, would you like me to be fairly quick with them? Let's see. We're we're now thirty-eight minutes. Right, into okay, the we can episode. split into two parts. We can make we this into two two episodes. All right. We both have to be kind of out of here by about seven o'clock. So we've got you know. We've got yeah, yeah, we have an hour left. Yeah. If you if you want some something to drink, Henry, just let me know. Okay, I will do. Uh, if you if you fancy a coffee or a cup of tea. Okay. Uh, I'm the, okay for the minute, but yeah. No, as an English person, I'm sure you have it at the ready. There, there is always tea. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, all right, so let's get let's into go. the questions. The first question comes in from... Um, now, actually, first of all, as usual, I can't pronounce your names. Um, if you were here in front of me, I'd be able to ask you how to pronounce your name correctly, and then I would learn how to do it, OK? So I'm just apologising in advance, as usual. I'm terrible at pronouncing everyone's names. Anyway, so <laughs> first up is from Ilona, um, and uh, she has written, What's the movie that every British person should know? And so, that's a very good question. Right, if yes. there, um, the British citizenship test, right, is a test that you have to take in order to become a British citizen. And the questions are all about, sort of like, um, just, I don't know, they're all about like the ethnicities or religions of Britain and mm. population numbers. And history, is there? A little bit about history, but not that much. It's more about the laws of Britain yeah. in terms of its ethnic and religious makeup. Okay. Um, I think they should include films about culture, and I think yeah. they should have something about movies. That's true. So, if the British citizenship test included a question about movies, which movies do you think would be involved? Well, I think it, it depends. They would have to either... I think they should off, offer the answers to be fairly contemporary new movies, mm-hmm. because for people that... Um, maybe haven't been familiar with the UK for too long, these are the ones that are going to be more readily available. So, Also, Britain's film history has got considerably stronger over the past 10 or 20 years compared to what it was uh, a long time ago. So I know, for instance, in America... If, if you talked about American movies, a lot of people would pick ones from the sort of 70s, 80s, maybe even 50s and 40s mm. because they're considered classics. Whereas I think for the UK, you could go with some more modern ones. Yeah. Um, I think at the moment, uh, very influential people in the UK industry, um, you have Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Yes. Uh, com- com- they make comedy movies, but they're both very talented writers and actors. So um, I think their films... Uh, probably most famous is Shaun of the Dead, yeah. which uh, is a almost a parody of a of a horror film. I think it's technically it's a rom zom com. Rom com. I've heard this. Which is a romantic comedy with zombies, and it's it's one of my all time favourite films. Yes. Yeah. Same. So that or a, any other of their uh, their works, they have uh, Hot Fuzz is a very funny film as well, yeah. um, and they have a new film coming out. In a couple of months, called World's the End. World's End. Yes. So, uh, what what they do is they combine, like it's 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 Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are the writers and the actors, but the director is Edgar Wright. Yes. So it's really when the three of them work together, together on film, and they've they've made this <coughs> trilogy of films, which is known as the Cornetto trilogy, because in each film that they the characters eat Cornetto ice creams. Um, the first one, as he said, is Shaun of the Dead, which is a kind of Interesting fusion of comedy and horror. Yes. Uh, with a particularly sort of British twist mm-hmm. to it. Um, and you mentioned Hot Fuzz, 
which is a similar thing, sort of a, like a British comedy combined with the sort of all of the, the cliches of a Hollywood action film. Yeah. Uh, and the third one is The World's End, which is about uh, some people going on a pub crawl. Mm-hmm. It's not actually about the end of the world, it's about a pub. Yeah, so, the pub is called the world. Pub is called the world's end. I think the I think I haven't seen the film, but I've seen the trailer. It looks like while they're trying to complete this pub crawl, um, in the middle of it, sort of they there's some kind of alien robot invasion. It's, it's something to do with that. I, I yeah, I've seen the trailer once. Yeah, and it was a very early one as well. So yeah. films can change considerably. <laughs> I really hope that's a good film because I love uh, yes, Shaun of the Dead. I'm sure it will be. It's uh, it's being released by Focus Features. A production company that release consistently great films. So. Yeah. Is it a working title production? I, I don't know. Because yeah. they, they've done lots of British films. Oh, okay. Maybe. But, uh, yeah, Focus Features don't normally do English. They're, normally, they're based in LA. They're very American, but yeah. Yeah. they're part of Paramount. Okay. No, they're not. Sorry, Universal. So, Ilona, um, <laughs> uh, let's not Back get bogged question. down in the yeah. facts. Um, hello, Ilona. I think then, well, from... As far as we're concerned, Shaun of the Dead is something you have to see. Not, I'm sure not everyone will agree with us, but uh, we think it should be Shaun of the Dead. Um, I, think, I think also every British person has probably seen Four Weddings and a Funeral. Yep, that's true. It's like a really standard... It's a very cult... Well, not even cult, because it's a UK classic, I yeah. think. And it's, it's, it's... I think you can't really go wrong with that film. No. I know it's um, very mainstream... But it's it's good. It has all the elements that you want from a film. Like it's funny, but it's sad, and it's uh, it's good. It's got the romance. It's got the sort of uh, slap bits of slapstick in it. It's uh, it's it's got beautiful beautiful sh- scenes shot in uh, sort of nice English locations. It was uh, actually shot near uh, near where I live. One of them. Really? The I think uh, I can't I can't remember what scene. One of the wedding. Yeah. Bits, yeah, very yeah. near. In in Amersham, the town is called. Really, yeah, very very uh, pretty place it is too. Um, do you have any other ideas of uh, movies um, that uh, every films. British person would know? Um, well, it depends because there are a lot of movies that are popular and are sort of set in England, but they're not actually British films. I know Love Actually is one of them. Uh, I mean, it is a it's a British film, but it's it's American made. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but it's that's another one everyone knows. It's a sort of a big cast with a lot of stars in. Yeah. Um, it's a good Christmas time film. Very good feel good film. If you wanted to show a movie to a group of like uh, foreign people, and you were like, "This is the film which I'm most proud of as a British person, and a film which will give you an idea of what." being British is like or having a British sense of humour which film would you choose? That's true about having a British sense of humour I would say it's it's one that it's not too famous but uh, within certain circles it's very famous uh, it's called Four Lions oh yeah uh, have you seen this I film? I know Four Lions yeah? quite well it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a comedy um, and it's set I think in Sheffield uh, which is in the north and it's actually this sounds very strange but it's about four men uh, who decide to become terrorists and uh, it's about them plotting their terrorist p- plot and uh, trying to carry it out um, but it, it's very it's a very funny film and it's very English very contemporary English mm. uh, comedy in it mm. as well 
and um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Four Lions is great because it's uh, it's it's incredibly sort of um, brave film very brave considering the, the subject matter that it's tackling which is about sort of you know extremist um, terrorists but it's done in a kind of very comical way done in a way. very comical way um, so it deals with something very very serious but in a, a very humorous way and it doesn't um, make the subject ridiculous no. either it doesn't trivialise it makes you think about it yeah it makes you think about what these people were thinking when they did it it's it's great film yeah four lions might be difficult to understand maybe a bit yeah um for me as a comedy i think it's got to be something like uh, monty python's life of brian yeah just because that's a film which in in those like lists of 100 best movies of all it, time it always appears it's always in the top 10 it seems that's to true. be a film that many british people really love mm-hmm. although that was also a very controversial film because it's all about uh, story of a guy called Brian who was born in Nazareth around the same time that Jesus was around and it's a sort of political religious satire um, in fact it's not because it's not about Jesus it's, it's about Brian it's about Brian yeah. exactly um, that's the defence <laughs> it's on. about it Jesus it is about Jesus isn't it um, but it's very funny as well as it as well as being very satirical um, it's also very funny and it's full of great jokes and fantastic classic scenes um, like the scene where uh, Brian is being followed around by all of his disciples who've misunderstood they think that he's the chosen one he's not he's just, he's a, just Brian he's just a man called Brian and they think that he's like the son of God he's not it's a misunderstanding he's just, it's just <laughs> Brian um, and they followed him to his house and his mum gets very angry and she shouts through the window uh, at all of the disciples she shouts he's not the messiah he's a very naughty boy um, which is often it, considered to be a, a it's, it's very British humour yes I it would is. say um, so there you go Shaun of the Dead uh, Four Lions um, Life of Brian quite sort of controversial films you might say they are may, I think that maybe that's what we are as British film yeah. people we're, we're controversial yeah 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 exactly uh, and four weddings and a funeral. There yes, there you go. And the probably the most famous British filmmaker is Alfred Hitchcock. He was yes. English, although he made most of his famous uh, films in America. He was British, and he got started in the English okay. film industry. Yeah. So, uh, and his films are widely available to watch. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's like the godfather of modern. Uh, Hollywood cinema, isn't yeah. he? Really, the, he's known as the the master of suspense. Uh-huh. Brilliant. Um, okay, so next one is from Israel, and he says, "Hi, Luke. Here's Israel. Hello, a Spanish newcomer in London. Welcome to London. Bienvenido a Londres. Ah, oh, very good. Yeah, Spanish. Yes, uh, a little bit of Spanish. <laughs> well done. The, the, the guy's talents." Are manifold. <laughs> why, now he says, why do people often overrate films like Casablanca and Amelie, etc.? Now, just to explain, to overrate something is to kind of say that it's better than it actually is. So it's like, for example, if you go and see um, Friday the 13th Part 4 and you say, this was perhaps the greatest film that's ever been made. It's a work of uh, unprecedented genius. Now, that clearly would be... Overrating. Overrating the film. You can also underrate a film. Yes. That's where you say, oh, I didn't think it was that good. You know, I saw Citizen K. No, it wasn't very good, really. Yeah. Boring. Boring. To, to underrate it means, means that you think it's worse than it really is. So Israel is saying that he thinks uh, 
that people overrate uh, films like Casablanca and Amelie and others. What do you think about that? Well, it's it's a very tough question because obviously what you think of a film is very subjective, meaning it's it's different for each person. You might like one thing and another person might like something else. Um, so if you think it's overrated, especially these films like Casablanca and Emily that are generally renowned as sort of very good uh, works of art, you may be in the minority thinking... Uh, that it is overrated. So that's why it might seem like a lot of people overrate them. Mm. Um, however, I'm I'm very for open opinions about films. I don't like it when people say something's perfect or something's great because nothing is, and everyone has their own uh, right to their own decision. Um, mm. But generally, people uh, would overrate a film uh, or people would think a film's very good and hold it in high regard because um, it's, it's sort of it's saying important things it's 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 shot in a very good way and in a very entertaining way as well which ultimately is why we watch films mm. but uh, mm. I don't know what, what do you think well I think you're absolutely right I think maybe Israel believes that people overrate uh, Casablanca or Amelie uh, because he personally doesn't see the the quality in it so of course if most people like those films and he doesn't, then he's going to feel like everyone is wrong. Um, I think probably the great thing about movies is that um, um, we are free to interpret them in any way that we want. So the filmmaker might create the film with one thing in mind, but then the audience can read completely different things from it. So that's the fantastic thing about films, is that we can um, uh, consume them in any way that we like, and we can take... uh, we can have our own opinions of them. So I think it's good, Israel, that you don't agree with everyone else. That uh, I wonder why you, you don't like Casablanca, for example. I mean, I think yeah. that's a great film. I know that everyone thinks so, but um, maybe, maybe his point is that when everyone thinks it's so great, then you get to this point where it's almost like you're not allowed to... to Say that it's not exactly. great. Um, so, yeah, um, Israel, please let us know why you think something like Casablanca mm. or Amelie is, are not great films. Personally, I like Casablanca a lot. Amelie, sort of less so. I agree with you there. I like, it's it, still good, but it's, uh, it's a bit slow. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's European. European films are normally uh, a lot slower than American films. Yeah. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Luke speaking. Sorry to interrupt the episode like that, rather rudely. I hope you'll forgive me. But I'm only doing that because uh, this episode, this conversation with Henry, went on for an extremely long time. In fact, we talked for about one hour and 40 minutes in that episode. So what I've decided to do is cut it in half, like some kind of ninja. I've sliced the podcast in half, and what you're going to get is the whole thing in two parts. Okay, so that's the end of the first part. That's the end of part one. Stay tuned for part two. Well, well, not stay tuned, because it's not going to come up after this. But it will be uploaded very soon after part one. Okay, so it should appear in your iTunes or it'll appear online in some way 
so you'll be able to listen to the rest of the conversation in which we deal with all the questions that you sent in on Facebook. Almost all of them. I think there were two that we didn't answer. But you can check them all out in the next episode of the podcast. But that's it for this one. Thanks a lot for listening. Do check out part two, which will be available very, very soon. That's it for the episode. Bye, 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 bye. I'll be back. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humor and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.